You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 36 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. And we are here today to give our race review for the first ever Miami Grand Prix for Formula One in 2022. Uh, it's been a heck of a start to the to the season. Been uh, The racing's maybe cooled off a little bit, but the heat in Miami was certainly not cool this weekend. But I'm here as always with my two co-hosts. Uh, I'll start with to my left, James. How we doing? Good, and we got the Miami Heat coming with us here. Coming not the basketball us. team, but the actual <laughs> weather is finally flowing here, and it's nice. And we're like a month and a week out from... Uh, Canadian Grand Prix yes. weekend, oh, so yes. uh, pretty exciting to to be Ramping having that. Up. That we're, we're gonna literally be saying that uh, every podcast from now on, you'll get a nice little update <laughs> uh, for how many days, maybe hours, maybe minutes, maybe seconds it is till the Canadian Grand Prix. So, so uh, yeah, the heat is here. We have summer here in Canada. Finally, it's felt like a long, long winter. So we have some hot weather. We got playoff hockey to watch, and we got Formula One to watch. It's a great time of year. So, uh, Varun, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I was gonna say heat's turn up, turning up in all facets. We got hot, sunny weather all week here in uh, Ottawa, Canada, and um, also put some money on the heat to score one point tonight. So <laughs> speaking yeah, of Miami Heat, the good old uh, for for those of you that don't know, sports betting is just now becoming legal in Canada because we're behind every other country in the world. But uh, they're giving these ridiculous odds where even if a team scores one point, you make in miles. basketball. In, in yeah. basketball, like come on, they're obviously gonna that'd be like saying is. Roman Grosjean going to crash on the first lap. <laughs> uh, just trying to make a Formula One equivalent. Is Are the tires going to be hot in Miami, basically? Yeah. Yes or no? Um, so, yeah, it's been an interesting weekend. It was a Mother's Day weekend as well here in Canada. So, unfortunately, the boys – or not unfortunately. We definitely – it's good we got to go see our moms this weekend. But yeah. uh, we weren't able to be together, so it'll be interesting. We haven't really talked about the race too much, so it'll be good to – uh, talk about it here for you know the usual half hour to 40 minutes that we talk about um, that on the podcast so uh, we wanted to call this episode Miami Vice Max Amy Vice as James uh, State said so uh, it's a really cool uh, first time in Miami obviously so let's just start off with that boys like uh, I'll let you I know you had some notes for for the yeah. the Grand Prix and like the stadium itself so yeah, so for the first ever Miami Grand Prix, actually we were a bit delayed in getting to see it on the calendar because it was originally proposed for 2019. Uh, oh, however, it was actually supposed to be held at the Port of Miami, but they had some construction, so um, those plans fell through, which would have been just sick to see, like another um, race along the water. Kind Instead of like of Yas Marina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kind of like Yas Marina that we have or other circuits on the calendar, but instead we had to settle for, uh, like you said, a fake marina uh in the parking lot of hard rock stadium where the miami dolphins play um, instead of it's yas marina it's nah marina yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> nah marina and we still actually had to wait an extra year to get it on the calendar because uh they proposed it for last year 2021 but that race went to Jeddah instead for their street circuit a little bit more money maybe um yeah but it was worth the wait for the extra year because now we have a 10-year contract so uh, if you didn't like the Miami Grand Prix, um, tough luck. But if you did like it, <laughs> better get for used to 10 it. Years. Yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, one interesting note, like I, I thought this was considered like a street circuit just based on where it is, but it's actually not a street circuit. It's a permanent circuit. Um, obviously, just the barriers and stuff will come down after the race, but it's it's called the Miami International Autodrome. Damn. I'm trying to think of what the other one is that's famous called the Autodrome. Is it Monza? I think, yeah. It's called the yeah. something the, in Italian Autodrome. Speedway. Or is it Imola? 
come around. Uh, I feel oh, like it, it might actually be. It might actually be uh, Barcelona. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I feel like there's probably multiple. But, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, like part of the name, but. Um, but yeah, so it's not officially a street circuit. No, but it kind of. I mean. I don't know. Is Singapore considered a street circuit? Yes, I, it is. I believe, okay, yeah. so I mean, it, it gave me a lot of vibes from a lot of different tracks. We'll we'll obviously get into the thoughts on you know the first time here, uh, new cars, new tires, uh, new tr- new surface as well. So I don't want to like say it was shit forever. Like it was the first time there, so I don't think it was all that bad. But we'll we'll obviously get into it and see what you guys thought of the racing. And I think you got to still give it a chance moving forward. It's our mm-hmm. first time here. Like I said, the new surface and everything. So. It'll be interesting to see, like, moving forward. But when we, when, the one thing to note is, obviously, uh, one of the biggest spectacles of the year for, for this sport. Like, we talked about it last year after our U.S. Grand Prix race review, just how big the sport is in North America now. Like, obviously, yeah. we are, we are kind of, like, part of that as in the fact that, like, three, three random-ass Canadians yeah. have a podcast together on, yeah. on the sport, and we do it every week or whatever. So, um it's one of those things that's just like really cool to see. And this was like the one of the most expensive Grand Prix to get in that probably ever. And then the sellout yeah. was so fast. Uh, the atmosphere was like uh, a lot of the drivers saying in the run up to the race, like nobody does sports like the USA. And it's so true. Like maybe the spectacles aren't always great. Uh, you know, it doesn't really compare to the, how bad like CFL football is or something yeah. like that, but like, yeah. um, yeah, they still put on a product. They still on put the on a real, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the, on the circuit. Exactly. Um, but the, the way that this was, uh, you know, the, from the opening party, I don't know if you guys watched any bits of that, but they had like Kai go on stage for like an hour after bringing out all the drivers, like team, one team at a time, they would have them out on stage mm-hmm. in front of the whole crowd in front of the hard rock stadium in Miami. So that was like something that we haven't really seen. We don't really see yeah, a lot. The lead up, the lead up was, was really massive. cool, and like all the teams were fully embracing Miami with like the Hawaiian shirt. Obviously, Hawaii isn't there, but like you know, like the tropical shirts. Yeah. they had the like James Corden. They had so many celebrities come in. Did you see that with the Ricardo and Norris with like the crop tops? Yeah, oh yeah, like that was that was an interesting look. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there there was a whole bunch of stuff like that where yeah. and the, just the teams fully embracing. Like the drivers love coming to America. You can tell because. Yeah. Just, like, all the all the Europeans, they have, like, this... I mean, obviously, us in Canada, we're so close to the States that a lot of the similarities, like, kind of transcend the border. But for for the Europeans, like, it's just, like, a whole different world to them. Like, yeah, the food, is. the culture is just all so American. Just, like, it's, the way it's we funny, look at It's Europe. funny to think that, like, it's that much different to Europe. But you're right. It's, like, when yeah. you think of Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, like, they, you know, they're, they're probably practicing their american accents <laughs> thinking about the hot dogs the cheeseburgers all that yeah they even had a set uh like a little clip where they were asking all the drivers like what their favorite thing about america was and half yeah. them said the food yeah and they're talking about like how calorie dense it is and everything which is interesting because like when i whenever i've been to america like the food's kind of been like the worst part like i think just it's so bad yeah. i think it's just the the size of the portions you can get like botas was saying he always misjudges it because He's probably used to being able to order a couple sides and like yeah. not making up a whole meal. Yeah. Whereas in America, like each side could be its own meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he says he always ends up wasting a ton of food. But it's true, like if especially if you're like rich enough, like them, where you don't really put a price tag yeah. on where you when yeah. you're going out. So they think if they're in Europe, like oh, I'll order like calamari, uh, nachos, yeah. whatever. Like then, and in America, you'd get calamari and it would be like your meal. Like, yeah, like you just said. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see like the cultural differences, but they're so excited to come. Like, yeah, yeah. that was one of the things where uh, you know they were really, all really excited to see like a race in Miami, and I know like Lewis was one of the ones that was really excited to see it. He obviously, I I saw pictures of him like partying this weekend, which yeah. is cool. Like, 
He he's, had like a, a post on his Instagram story, like asking if people want to come out surfing with him. Like, I'm sure that's not directed to anybody. You can't just be like us and go yeah, to yeah. surf with Lewis yeah. Hamilton. And then Lando had a similar post. He asked if anyone wants to come out golfing with him. He had a yeah. tea time. Yeah. So it was so just cool with, to see. Um, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, casual, you know. It's not with James Wharton, Vernon Metallica, DJ, showing up. DJ, yeah. uh, oh, Dustin right. Johnson. Yeah, DJ yeah. was out there. And they golfed group. at Michael Jordan's course. So yeah. And then Pierre, no, no, he didn't, I don't know if he golfed with Michael Jordan, but Pierre definitely had dinner with him. That was like yes. one of the things that they were saying, like that's the biggest flex of the weekend. Yeah. So it's one of those things where like for us, um, you don't normally see like the sport and like pop culture and the glamour really come together. But there is certain times in the year where you do. And like this and like Monaco obviously are two where yeah. you think of it. And even more so, like I've thought back to, you know, prior years when like Danny Rick would show up with like a handlebar mustache and stuff. And yeah, that would yeah. be like the extent of kind of like the americanism of it but like this was yeah like this is like all of the people are really uh embracing it so yeah it's yeah it was really cool to see the atmosphere like definitely 10 out of 10 like just to see the sport taking off like it is like if we can get even close to that kind of atmosphere when we go down to montreal oh i think it's gonna be even better i think i think that this year the montreal grand prix is going to be the probably like shock of the year for fans that aren't like European or, or American goosebumps because they're going to see how uh, addicted Canadians are and like, deprived yeah, yeah deprived three too. years and since it, the last time it came it's also like one. I feel like it's such a sneaky one like I don't know if a lot of people are thinking about how cool Canada is going to be because mm-hmm. the drivers like the track it's a really cool historic track and then it's also been time since we've been here and there's so many new fans like I, us three and then uh, we know we each know like a, a dozen people more that have yeah. learned to love yeah. this sport and, and that are going down. So. And Montreal is such a party city too. Like, yeah. there's no better city in Canada oh, yeah. to probably host to a race at than Montreal. Couldn't agree more. So it's going to be a party for sure. It's going to be just great from every angle, like you said. Like the racing is good. That's yeah. the main thing. It's like you you can put on a show, but for the real fans of F1, you want to have a good race. Yeah. yeah. The the um, circuit in Montreal definitely provides that. Yeah. So and it's gonna we're be excited a for bucket list for sure. One thing I wanted to mention about that MJ and Pierre Gasly. Do you think we're gonna see some Pierre Jordans come out soon? <laughs> Pierre Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. A little, little, uh, How like, long did you have eight, that one in the back? No, I was waiting for a good time. I couldn't interject, but it's. I just wanted to say it. Like A A I R to end it. Right? Yes. Like oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's unreal. Some Pierre Jordans. That'll be for the twenty twenty three. They have uh, like Miami the, the Alpha Tauri logo on them, and then. But yeah, that that is like just by one Pierre thing. Gasly. One thing I I love about the American race is just like how star studded they are. They just have everyone there. Like yeah. They, David Beckham. He's he's a British athlete, and he's still like coming out to the race in America. Yeah. yeah. He. I mean, he lives out here now, but um. Yeah. You like we said, we had Michael Jordan. Uh, few others I can't even remember oh, off the top. Tom Brady, yeah, Serena Tom Brady. Williams. I think there was one picture with Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, and it was like Tom Brady, MJ, uh, Beckham, and someone else on one picture. Just like, like legends just of their sports. The combined net worth oh, of those people. It's just billions. Disgusting. Yeah. Literally billions of dollars. It's yeah. insane. They could pay for Mercedes upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know sure. if they'll yeah. be under the cost cap, though. Yeah, so getting to the actual action on track this weekend, I think a lot of the run up to it we knew it was going to be hot uh we knew it was going to be one of the races this year for the first time where like the drivers would be sweating really hard uh and also it's a new track as i mentioned so we got the new surface which proved to be uh, strenuous on the drivers i would say like definitely hard to drive on and then the tires like we have the new cars we have the new tires how are they going to react in heat we haven't really seen it in sweltering heat yet where you know, what are these stints going to look like and everything like that. So that was something that we were looking into uh, heading into the weekend. 
And then obviously just like watching the new track layout, I found that, you know, watching a lot of the action this weekend, it was like, because the track, the nature of the track, it's like the camera angles were switching almost so fast. And like the camera angles were so narrow that it was hard to like watch at times. Like I found the aerial views are obviously always good, but yeah. the on track, like where you usually see the guy, like being able to like follow with the camera on the sidelines. <laughs> Found it super hard to watch. As soon as it turned, the car was gone. Yeah, and then and just the, another flip. And yeah. then it, it flips to the next camera. The car, the car is already through that shot. Yeah. Now that you mention it, it definitely yeah. was difficult to follow. So much more than normal. So yeah. So I'm not really sure how many other people noted that, but it's an interesting thing. I'm I'm sure, like obviously, it's from a behind the scenes perspective, but I'm sure they'll be looking into that to see if there's any way they can improve that next year. Uh, and the, for the you know, Grun says we got ten years here, so yeah. uh, we got we got to they got to make sure they're giving the production value to those who cannot spend fifteen hundred dollars us to go and stand 13 rows back and watch so yeah um so yeah that's a couple things just interesting to note like what we were looking for heading in so i know you have some notes on fp yeah. the free practice room before we get into the weekend yeah so we'll just go through the practice sessions quickly like for fp1 we had probably the closest conditions to what we saw in the actual race which was really hot and dry um but extremely hot and dry that specific session um so for fp1 we had uh nothing really too eventful other than Bottas um causing a red flag with a a spin in turn seven, which caused him to miss um, FP2. Uh, Leclerc came home P P1 with George just one tenth, less than one tenth actually behind him. So was looking promising uh, to start the weekend for Mercedes with the upgrades. However, that didn't really pan out as we saw later on. Um, Red Bull came home P3 and P4, uh, Max followed by Checo. And then um, Sainz suffered a puncture, but still managed to come home P6 followed by, or actually behind Gasly who was P5. And then Albin with a good session coming home in P7, um, ahead of Lewis, his arch nemesis in P8. And then moving <laughs> on to FP2, uh, a little bit cooler than FP1. Um, again, looking like things were really trending up for Mercedes with George actually securing P1. So looking like he might be able to challenge for pole on the Saturday. Um, Charles was one-tenth behind him in P2, followed by Checo and then Lewis. Uh, a not, I wouldn't say like scary moment, but I get guess a little bit cause for concern when uh, Carlos hit the wall at turn 14, which uh, looked like it was going to be a bit of a tricky corner, especially with um, the kind of, I guess, a little bit of controversy that came out afterwards that I'll get into. Uh, but he hit the wall at turn 14, caused a red flag, as did Latifi, who had to stop with mechanical issues. Um, luckily, did not cause any championship deciding <laughs> drama with this stop, but yeah, James? I was going to say, didn't Max also have some yes. issues in fp2 yeah, yeah. fp2 and uh, he did like four laps or something yeah yeah, yeah. so f so max um didn't set a time because of hydraulics issues he had smoke coming out of the back of his car little flames yeah out luckily too. didn't have to uh <laughs> rush any marshals to come tend yeah. to him. and botas also was not able to set a time because his car was wrecked from fp1 yeah mm. um interesting i don't know i can't remember if you noted this because you just gave a hell of a rundown there, and I think you're promoted into uh, a higher level of hosting this show now. But um, I, I, the Mercedes upgrades this weekend, and like the, you know, I think that was a big reason why uh, George and Lewis were like that close up in FP two. Like they clearly, I think they've at least taken a step in the right direction. At least they, I think they think so as well, uh, and that's clearly what they thought in FP two. Like the fact that we came out of that session looking like we could have two Mercedes in the top five in a, in a, on, on the timesheet. Like obviously you can't dig too much into times and yeah. it was kind of proven the rest of the weekend, but to see like their yeah. new rear wing, which was, uh, was it more drag or less drag? I can't remember what they brought in, but I can't it was one or the other. Uh, I feel like 
more maybe because it would stop the porpoising but again i'm not an engineer so yeah. i have no idea but it's one of those two and it clearly was uh you know something that helped them they definitely weren't bouncing as much as we've seen this year so no they left that to the dolphins on the on the pitch <laughs> at hard rock stadium <laughs> uh just a little cheeky joke took that from martin brundle from broadcast yeah. uh, oh he brought some moments this yeah weekend. oh, oh my speaking of martin brundle shit i was gonna save that yeah. for later Holy i think geez. he's trying a little too hard to be yeah. like uh cringy now but it's still yeah. funny as hell so but yeah anyways moving on to fp3 uh we again saw the temps drop a little bit to give the tires a little bit of a break um Perez came home in P1 in that session, followed by, followed by Charles and Max, even though Max uh, nearly put in the wall, still managed to come home uh, in P3. Haas actually had a really good session, uh, Mick finishing in P6 and K-Mag in P8. Um, and then this is where we just saw Mercedes really drop off after their uh, initial promising outlook for FP1 and FP2. They finished, um, I think, I didn't note it down, I think they were P15 and P17 respectively, George followed by Lewis. So definitely a lot of struggles there. And then Ocon hitting the same, uh, the wall at the same corner as Carlos at turn 14, um, <laughs> which led to overnight. We, uh, I got like a score notification. I don't know if you guys saw that, but basically Carlos and Ocon were both raising concerns to the FIA about the type of barrier used at turn 14, given like, um, it's the one that they risk. hit or the one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the high risk nature for that corner, they said it should have been more of like a softer, softer barrier yeah. instead of like yeah. a concrete wall. And that's just makes sense. Again, like we've talked about it before the balance between good racing, cost effectiveness and safety and safety. Yeah. Like I'm sure, you know, given the space constraints, that was the type of barrier they went with. Uh, at the same time, you have to look at what's most forgiving to a driver who's going into that wall at yeah. a very high rate of speed. So yeah, and they both ended up saying like through the end of the weekend that like they were both like still sore. Yes. and that's something that we haven't really yeah. like considering how dangerous it is and how many really big shunts we've seen. We haven't really heard that a lot. So like even when Carlos was done his podium and and Esteban was done his race, like they both said that they were still like really sore from that. So it's it interesting because like you see it a crash and you're like, oh, that looked like it hurt. Those ones weren't necessarily ones where you saw that, but at the same time, like, you don't feel what they're feeling. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it could have been Carlos banging his head trying to get through to the pit lane. Did you see that? He was, like, that little gap in the fence during the media week. He, like, tried to pull himself up, and he just cranked his head oh. on the top of it. I'll try to find the video, guys, for you after, Maybe it was that. Yeah, he probably <laughs> just bonked and his then, head. He wish he probably had a crash helmet on for that one. Like you said, Aaron, with the soreness, like, paired with the heat, too, that must compound it so much. Just, uh... Oh, yeah, just yeah, draining. Yeah, just draining, and... And one thing that I think is, is interesting is, like, we, like, even though we're such big hockey fans and we know that, like, it's, it's like, a spectrum between being completely healthy and being, like, out of the lineup hurt. Yeah. Like, you can play and still be at, you know, like, less than 50% health and just guys battling through injuries. Like, I never apply that mindset to Formula One. I'm like, oh, if the guy's racing and, like, or if he, if he comes out of a crash and races the next session, he's fine. But, like, you don't, you don't think about, you know, if it's, like, a bruised rib how much that's affecting him through the turns, especially yeah. over 57 laps. And like or like a neck affect, sprain or exactly, something. Exactly, how it could affect his race. So yeah, you really have to wonder when things like these type of walls, like the barrier they use, can affect their performance throughout the whole weekend, even if they do race and they aren't like out of the race. Not yet. to mention like, mentally, like you're yeah. you're at a track where a lot, not a lot of tracks we see go 57 laps in a race Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you're if you've already crashed at that... that uh, that turn you're gonna go around that turn 57 times under yeah. race conditions and you're gonna be like kind of nervous you well, know yeah. there's no way that you're not gonna have at least subconsciously For something sure. going on so lose some time or just yeah 
from pain alone. Yeah, or just the thought of, of like, I can't fuck it up here again, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't do that again, so... Yeah, uh, luckily, like, obviously, Carlos still secured a good result on the weekend, as we'll get into, but... Yeah, finally, I mean, it was. It looked like he was on the road yes. for another tough one, so... Yeah. Maybe that was, I don't know, maybe that was the kick kicking the ass he needed. Not that a lot of the bad luck he's had was his fault, but... He needed to get just, it out of the way early. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, just not, do it in, uh, in practice, not in the actual race. Yeah. Anyways... So we'll get into qualifying. Yeah, so Qualies, uh, after, you know, that note you mentioned about Ocon in uh, FP3, he actually was not able to take part in Qualies. So there's only 19 drivers taking part in the qualification session. Um, I think for me, like a couple big storylines, we're obviously seeing if uh, Max, after having not a lot of running in practice, was going to be able to still challenge for pole, as well as like how uh well did mercedes do with this upgrade did it does it actually work in their one lap pace which is something that they're really really lacking in this year so that was kind of the notes for me like what um going into the the uh, saturday afternoon qualies uh so when it comes to uh q1 we had some usual culprits of the two uh, Al, uh williams out uh in in the first part of uh quality their their car actually didn't look too bad like over a race distance but their one lap pace this year is just absolute poo so yeah it's just not gonna do any good um and then guan yu zhou had a tough qualifying session um i can't remember if like there was any issues with it but i feel like he was just off the pace for qualities and he also just had a tough weekend as a whole because yeah. his start to the race was really good and then he had obviously retire yeah. so uh, he was in 17th and then k meg got nicked out in q1 by mick by Mm -hmm. um a good five tenths of a second so that's good to see mick uh you know he there's a a, gonna be a time this season where they really want him to start to show his stuff against kevin so to see him do start to do that uh even if it's just getting into q2 i think that's a great result for for uh, mick and then there was still even like a worry that lewis almost didn't get out of q1 one again which was just crazy to see like yeah. with all the upgrades and stuff like he's just having a really tough go of it so um he is not happy with that car yeah he ended up getting it into a good window for like the end of qualifying but uh that it's just been a very tough year so far especially for one lap pace as i mentioned on the mercedes so uh heading into q2 uh, this has been like one of the most interesting battles of the season, like because of how tight the midfield is, like who's going to be out in Q2. It's been a very interesting thing, at least for myself to see. So, I mean, you obviously have like those guaranteed four that are going to get into Q3 unless they crash, which are the two Ferraris and the two Red Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for me, like a guarantee pretty much for Q3 is, is Valtteri. Like he's just has that card yeah. nailed mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so he's doing a really good job in that alpha and he, his, He's always been good on Saturdays, so mm-hmm. um, he's pretty much so yeah. in there. And then just to say, like, you know, who would you guys say are the teams that are like? I mean, you could, I guess, you could technically just say all the rest of them are like in that battle. Oh, it's for, just musical chairs. It, it is. Mm-hmm. It's I feel crazy. like it's just whatever the circuit uh, plays towards whichever team's car. And like, what's and your run strategy too? In exactly. Qualities? So like, if you if you slightly are off, you're not in. You're not getting through. Like, it, it, like you said, it's just so tight that yeah. it's just. I feel like it's really dependent on the circuit for the cars and like the drivers. Uh, the timing. Who, who, yeah, who yeah. prefers that type of layout? Yeah. And that's how you really decide who gets in and who who gets dropped. Yeah, because, for sure. And the yeah. matter of like the tenths of seconds, obviously, is like it's short between Q1 and Q2. Yeah. And then from Q2 to Q3, it's like even shorter, I yeah. find. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. One thing you mentioned, it's like, like you said, James, about the musical chairs. It's just, again, another example of the rule changes and how they're having their desired effect, where it's like last year, you could almost 
guess with certainty who's, yes. who's not getting knocked out in Q1, yes. who's getting knocked out in Q2, and who's making it to Q3. So this year, I, I kind of like it. Like, obviously, there's a lot of drama. I'm sure the drivers would rather have more certainty and knowing, like, how their weekend's going to go. Yeah. But, you know, just just seeing, like, crazy upsets, like Lewis getting out in Q1 or, or a guy like Valtteri and an Alfa Romeo making it to Q3, it's just... Um, I think it's it's good for the sport. Yeah, like, guaranteed. Yeah. Obviously, the cars are different from year to year, yeah. but this would be like seeing Kimi like put it into Q threes consistently yeah. last year. Like we never got to see Kimi in his prime, but like I don't know if I don't necessarily think his qualifying was ever his strong suit to begin with. But just to see how Valtteri does it is just like he's yeah. doing a great job. He for me, he's like the unsung like honor roll of the year for driver. Sure. Like if obviously George is having a great great time what with what he's doing, but. I feel like Valtteri's has just been so consistent. When you just season. measure them against their expectations and how they're yeah. performing, it's easy to do that, right? 100%. Like, 100%. like a, a guy like Valtteri finishing in the same spot as George is miles more impressive considering the car and like the expectations of it. Well, Obviously, the expectations the of the like, car has changed yeah. now since the start of the year, but um, you know, just with the pedigree of the name, I would say. like Yeah. And another thing is like, <laughs> just like last year, there would not have been a chance in hell we would have expected a, a Haas to get into out of Q1. And now things like that are happening, high yeah. scoring points. So it's just a lot of things that we um, would have just like really had to think hard of like, are they going to happen at all in the year? And they're happening relatively early, like in the first half already. So. Oh yeah. Like we mentioned how like every team has a point. I think that was a couple of races yeah. ago, but it's just really cool. And like, I'll always go back to it. I think throughout this whole season, just the nature of the regs changing is like, I always want to go back to like, Hey, where did we think we would be? Yeah. in the summer and like where are we now and it's just like crazy like no one like i remember in my preseason predictions i thought that this car was going to be terrible and like valtteri was going to have a really tough go of it mm-hmm. but he's been so good so i gotta give it to him on that one mm-hmm. um so yeah for those of you for those that uh, were dropping out in q2 we had mick who unfortunately couldn't really keep pace up that he had in some of the practice sessions to get through to q3 even though it was kind of a hope for them uh danny rick just really had a that I think they had a terrible run plan for him in qualities and he just didn't really get in. And I think he also had like a, an issue where he pitted for most of Q2 and he only got like one or two runs in. So, uh, what, or sorry, one run in, but it was like continuous. So it wasn't really ideal for him. So he was 14th Vettel in 13th, which the Aston Martin, to be fair, like, I guess it, as James mentioned, it's like kind of track specific in some case cases, but like they were shit a few, like they look like, oh. di- like worse than the Williams at I times. didn't think they were going to score a point at the beginning of the year. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was that bad. Yeah, so give him to put it in the thirteenth after he's had a couple good weekends in a row. Other than like, I mean, things don't always turn out for him, but he seems to be doing a little better. And then we had George in twelfth, who I don't know if there was a bad run plan there, but he has rarely been that far off of of uh, Lewis or getting through. So he he ends up in twelfth, and then Alonso who. Alonso to me, like, I didn't even realize that he only has two points this year. Like, like, like Alvin yeah. has more points than him. Mm-hmm. Like, they obviously haven't really been able to get that Alpine to be, like, reliable yet. Yeah. But, like, he's kind of been the most, like, uh, underwhelming. underwhelming driver on the grid this year. Like, I think and it's crazy because, like, we say sometimes he's on for pole. Like, that car is fast over yeah. one lap and then... There's just like they just have been able, and they have been, been able to put a weekend together. Shit luck, yeah, yeah, it's so, exactly it. You need to put that yeah, full weekend. It's the in. consistency exactly that yeah. he has been lacking. Yeah, exactly. So be interested. Hasn't to been see. for a lack of trying. No, no for sure. <laughs> He's been yeah. trying to. He's give had a it lot of involved. bad luck too. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I think that's just interesting to say he's been one of the most underwhelming drivers with two points this year. But then moving into Q one, we obviously um, we got an Aston Martin through. So like Stroll coming through there is actually pretty decent. 
Um, I think he likes tracks like this. So he's, he's done like, obviously there's, there's, he, he's never raced here before, but I feel like this kind of track uh, is one where he's had success in the past. Um, we've had Yuki in ninth, Lando in eighth, who was just miles ahead of Daniel. This, uh, as we've seen, you know, off and on, more often than not though, yeah. in their McLaren careers. Uh, we had Pierre in P7 with a decent result, getting up there as, I think the, the Elf Tower really hasn't shown, like it's shown um, really good straight line speed, similar to the Red Bull, but they haven't really been able to be consistent yet either. So to see him back up there is nice on a Saturday. Then we had Lewis in P6, which was a good result for him, starting there after almost getting knocked out in Q1. I think that's a great result. And then just to see him sharing the same uh, row in the in the grid with Valtteri, yeah. Valtteri being in an alpha and being ahead of him is just yeah. like, again, something you look back to the summer and you never would have thought of, um, or the winter break, I should say. And then we obviously have our top four, and uh, as mentioned before qualities, like it was a big thing to see if Max could challenge for pole after having a really tough uh, practices, and it ended up being that he really was never that close to challenging. It was pretty much Ferrari's pole to well, lose. He fucked his last lap. Yeah, he, he even came over the said, radio. I fucked it. Yeah. I fucked it. <laughs> yeah. So we had Perez. Did not mince words. <laughs> no, he never does. So we had Perez, Verstappen, Signs, who had a good lap and a good comeback after being in a tough spot as well and with the crash, and then Charles um, being a couple tenths up on Carlos for for the uh, pole position. So another pole for Ferrari, and uh, we were heading into the race. The front row lockout. For the front, front row lockout. We were heading into the race, and it was really looking good for them. Um, we knew that, like, with the big straight here at Miami, that Red Bull was still going to challenge those. So, I mean, for me, I was excited. I thought, like, oh, we were going to see maybe some back and forth because of the fact that the Red Bulls were starting behind the Ferraris. I thought if the Red Bulls started in front, then it would have been, like, just a straight snooze fest. Like, they would have just peeled off in that mm. third sector and just, like, kind of never be to be seen again unless there were safety cars. So... Uh, which is what actually what we ended up getting just a lot faster than I thought was going to happen. I thought we were going to get more of a battle. So, um, so yeah, heading right into the race. Um, first time ever in Miami, the race gets kicked off on a Sunday. The vibes obviously are, are really cool. And we start into the race and, um, we had some different strategies up and down the grid. The, we had George starting Sorry, down nice. in 12th and he was on hards. Yeah. So it turned out like Mercedes went with a little bit of a risky call there to start on a harder compound and then get to uh, pit him later. So that was kind of the one strategy that I was looking at a lot uh, in the race. Everyone else was pretty much on mediums. Yes. And then uh, we had a couple others on hards lower down in the grid. But um, we kind of, you know, you know with the, the hards, if you're lower down in the, in the grid, it was a good call for me because we knew a safety car was going to come after all the crashes we saw in practice. So yeah. Uh, you guys, what did you guys think? Did you guys think like, oh, that's a, I mean, for me, I saw George, I'm like, he's going to make a nice comeback here. If he can keep it clean and have a decent start, then he's going to be mm-hmm. in a good spot. And I didn't really think much of it until yeah. I saw Norris having to pit and then he just got stuck behind that DRS train yeah. the rest of his race before, until he crashed. Yeah. yeah. Like that sucked to see him because he, he was up there. He was doing a good job. And then as soon as he got stuck behind, cause I think they had a bit of a slow stop. And he was just stuck for the rest of the race. Like, he had yeah. no chance. For me, when I see a driver on hards, all I can think of is Carlos starting on hards uh, in um, 
which race was it that it just went very poorly for him? Russia? Oh, oh, Australia. Yes. Oh, yeah, Australia. When he started on the hards, dropped like a rock, and then yeah. uh, made that desperate move and ended up in the gravel. So yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, I think you're taking a gamble. Like a lot of other things have to go right for you. Like even now, even at this point, like to make it bring it back to the Miami GP. Like George started on the hards, he fell down to fifteenth, like almost immediately because those tires don't aren't warm right away. Mm-hmm. So. He, he uh, you know, fell off immediately and then um, ended up, obviously, that, like, the fact that you can uh, go longer on those and wait for a safety car, that was what they were really banking yeah. on. So, yeah. ended up working out for him. Um, you know, the, the start of the race was interesting. We had a clean first lap. There wasn't uh, any contact. I don't, I don't think I am not. It was I'm some wild like, contact, like, wheel-on-wheel contact between Alonzo and Lewis. That yeah, was the only thing. nothing like no like we've ever since I feel like we've started watching the great the first laps have been like cleaner and cleaner yes. and cleaner like I'm almost always waiting for it to happen again, but like we really don't see them much anymore. I wonder like, if like the drivers are just more more focused on getting a good result rather than being aggressive off the start. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, like right off the start, one of the key moments was going to be seeing how um, how Carlos and Max both got away, given that um, Carlos was covering Max off for. Uh, for Charles. Oh yes, yes. And so, like right off, right into turn one, um, Max basically, like I, I think Brundle said it well. Like Carlos was kind of damned if he did, damned if he didn't, because of the way he uh, Max had the position going into that corner. So he he kind of had to back off because he probably would have caused a crash if he had went for it. Yeah. Max was able to get around, and that was like probably one of the key moments in the race because it exposed Charles right away to the Ferrari, or the Red Bull straight line speed, which. Mm-hmm was apparently like eight to 12 kilometers an hour basically, faster without DRS. I was yeah, gonna say, it basically like eliminated DRS. Like yeah. whenever Charles Didn't was close to wait enough for it DRS. to be activated, it was, yeah. And like you but said- that's like, a, Even if Charles was close enough, right. that they were so much quicker that they didn't make yeah. Charles's advantage with DRS any, it kind of nullified that. Yeah. So. Literally just, he needed to keep up yeah. on the straights. That was it. Like, yeah. As soon as he was outside of that one second gap, Char- uh, Max was gone. Yeah. Like, it was insane. And yeah. the first corner, it really was where the race was kind of lost for Ferrari because mm-hmm. Car- Agreed. Car- Charles, like, cut off the inside, cut off Carlos, and gave they both gave Max. By doing that, they both had to give Max the outside or else they would have crashed. Like, Carlos had to break, otherwise he would have hit Charles. Mm-hmm. And then that opened the door for Max just to put his car around the outside. If Charles would have, like, obviously, you don't know when what the guys behind you are doing. You're just r- racing your race. But, like if he would have just let Carlos like stay beside him and they both come out, then there's a chance that like at least Charles could like get off in the distance a bit. And even if you sacrifice Carlos later on, like a couple laps later to get overtaken by max or, or mm-hmm. then you're, you're at least Going giving Charles lead. a chance yeah. to get ahead. So, I mean, either way, like they probably would have got brought back together closely with a safety car and max would have had a good chance to, to pick him off. Yeah. But just the ways that you think like uh that was really like kind of sucked the drama out of the middle of the race for me like we were obviously looking at different battles and this thing we've seen mostly when it kind of relates to that battle for q2 q3 is like that battle for like from like 13th to 9th in the border has really been like where the action's kind of been this year and we saw a lot of that throughout the middle of the race um and we were obviously keeping an eye on you know how george was progressing up the order and 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 how the tires were doing so there was not much like real drama in a lot of the middle part of the race, but there was like, we were kind of seeing like what the tires were going to do. And they actually held up like relatively well, considering how hot it was like the pit windows of the, the, the strategy that they guessed for were pretty accurate. So like 
it kind of, again, kind of sucked the drama out of things because everyone kind of pitted at the same time. And there was only a few people that benefited from, from different strategies. So we had George, uh, just to conclude on, on his point, like he ended up going through on the, uh, the race on the hards, getting a nice safety car, being able to pit for fresh tires later in the race, overtaking Lewis and ended up with another top five finish every single race this year. Uh, it's five for five, right? There's been five rounds, I believe. I think so. So he's top five in all five. So uh very impressive he's definitely been one of the drivers of the year considering how much of a struggle that car has been um and again back to the top like we saw max kind of just pull away yeah as soon as the 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 overtake from carlos was done on the turn one you knew it was the inevitable was going to happen yeah yeah and it just kind of zapped it away until that safety car came but then Checo ended up having those issues. I oh, didn't yes. hear those radio messages, but like, what, what yeah. was the whole? So, gist of oh that? yeah, he had to kill a sensor or kill some kind of a sensor <laughs> because it was taking away power in his engine. But when you kill a sensor, it it still does take away power in your engine. Like, if he mm. wouldn't have killed it, the idea would probably be like he yeah. they have to retire. But he killed it to keep the engine going. But you lose a lot of power, so that straight line speed kind of got yeah. nullified. And and the radio messages around that were just so funny because it was, um, like. Checo is, is coming over the radio saying he's losing power, losing power, and his engineer's telling him, like, everything looks fine on the data, which I'm not faulting the engineer. Like, obviously, all he can see is the data and the, the metrics of the car and, like, all the, the measures and whatnot. So, from him, his perspective, everything looks fine, but Checo's like, I'm losing four seconds. Like, how can you say everything's fine? And it's just, like, again, that struggle and, like, that disparity between the information that you have on your screen versus, like, actually driving the car. Mm-hmm. And Brundle's, like, saying the same thing. Like, you look at him, he lost four seconds on that lap. Uh, relative to the guy in front of him so it was just a very funny soundbite if anything if nothing else but um yeah just like <laughs> him pleading with his we don't really hear Checo get that animated yeah too, so he's like in his in his you know his Spanish accent like how can you tell me there's nothing wrong when yeah. I'm like so slow on the straights and stuff so but anyways yeah so that really kind of again took the drama out of that yeah. battle because we yeah. were going to look for that battle for p3 between him and Carlos, and there wasn't really any... Uh, zapped away. Got close, but never really close enough to really give a, a, a shot at it. So, um, yeah. yeah, and then we obviously, to round out the top 10, we had Hamilton, who actually, you know, he was obviously upset because he's not winning races, but still to come in P6 compared to the races we've seen him in uh, lately is pretty good for him. Um, and then that quiet, quiet uh, Valtteri Bottas, just keeping his... Um, I guess he dropped one position from qualities or two positions from qualities and not two um, team orders this time. Yeah, it could <laughs> yeah, have been yeah. better. Could have been better. If I'm actually kind of surprised. Uh, well, that was the one battle that we actually saw some overtaking in, and he was in front of the two Mercedes after the late safety car, uh, and he ended up kind of going wide in the final turn, and then the two Mercedes got to overtake him, but still a decent race for him, decent result. Oh, very good. Yeah, for him. Uh, Ocon, kind of the sh- another guy with a sore head after the weekend, but he did come home with some points after Luckily. a nice little recovery from the back of the grid um, to to eighth. And again, yeah, like you said, James, it was lucky because he was kind of did that thing where he did in Turkey where like there was a lot of people crashing in front of him and he just kind of slithered his way yeah. in. Um, the other two cars that ended up starting from the pit lane because of fuel issues were the Aston Martins and they were even in there for points. Lance Stroll came home P10 and Vettel was right there fighting with Mick for that was going to be my like happiness of the weekend it was seeing Mick yeah. get some points but that got Pain. taken away as we saw them come together um in and you could you could late laps hear how distraught Mick was in his voice like coming over the radio because 
you know, he was he was that pleading was his brutal. case, pleading his case that you know he had the the position, but at the same time not wanting to come into contact with like a literal father <clears throat> figure to him, uh, in Sebastian, like another German driver that idolized his dad. Yeah, and so. then it went to Vettel, and he's like, oh, that's too bad for both of us. Like, yeah. it's too bad. Like, he's yeah. very sad about it too. But it almost sounded like Nick was gonna cry on the radio message when he he was like crying in the pen. I think yeah. if you look back to the interview, he was like very very welling emotional. up. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, again, that sucked to watch. Yeah, that was that was brutal. When I realized just, it was Seb and Nick, I was yeah, like, oh yeah. fuck. I wish it, well, even if it was Stroll, it would have pissed me off more. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so. Again, we're still waiting for Mickey to get his points. I know he's kind of like the new, like, sweetheart of Formula One where, like, we always wanted to see George score points in the Williams. And obviously, yeah. <laughs> I think Mick's going to get there sooner than, unfortunately, George's car was worse for a longer time. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see him come home with some points eventually. Uh, Fernando comes home P11, just outside of the points. Another quiet, not, quiet, not great. Didn't see anything about not him. Not race for him. Yuki just kept getting overtaken by, <laughs> sound like, everyone, like, he just had a terrible Sunday. But great car, though. The Alpha uh, Tauri looked very nice this weekend. I like the white halo. It was very clean looking. James and I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a quick shout out, too, to everyone's helmets and stuff. Oh, yeah. You go big. Oh, yeah. So Lando's helmet with the basketball was pretty cool. There's some the really cool ones with, like, tropical uh, stuff all over yeah. them. So really cool. Valtteri had three. Valtteri had three, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. insane. He's a big USA guy. Um, then we had Danny Rick, 13th, quiet race. Didn't really see him too much either. Just... That DRS train was really there. Uh, and then we had Latifi, who finished in front of Mick because of the crash. Otherwise, the he would have been, change, he yeah. been last as well. And then um, Vettel, Magnussen, Gasly, Norris, and Zoe didn't finish. So Joe had uh, an issue on, like, the first lap after he gained, like, five positions on the first lap, which was unfortunate. Yeah. He had an issue he had to retire with. Uh, Lando and, and Pierre came together after Pierre, I think Pierre and Stroll came together first and then that fucked yeah. up Pierre's steering and then he steered right into Norris, send him for a spin. I don't uh, even think he was like steering that much. Like there was cl- like a huge gap, but I don't think Norris was expecting him to keep drifting off yeah. the racing line. Like the, that was the thing. Was the Norris one, expected him to stay on it where he couldn't. He just kind of like... The but, one thing that Norris yeah. made a point of too in this pen was like, you know, I don't, I don't have an issue for racing for position there, but if you do that when you're going to the pits to DNF and you, like, you should just get out of the way. Like, don't try to rejoin the race if, if you're, like, kind of, if Fair you enough. know you're going to DNF. Like, if you know your steering's not working and you're going to have to pit and it's yeah, late in the wait, race. Yeah, talk to your engineer, wait for a gap yeah, at least or which something. Which is, is, like, obviously a hindsight thing. Like, you don't think about that as a race driver. Like, you just want to keep yourself in. That was a scary in. crash, It too. was. And, like, Vettel had to brake really abruptly to get around it. Mm-hmm. So, like, thank God it wasn't Mazepin or otherwise he would have been right in Lando's lunch kit. So, <laughs> um, it was definitely yeah. good to see that it was Vettel. That's a good point did, from Lando. He did give himself a lot of room. But, yeah, he spun, like, right on the racing line. It was a very tough crash to watch. Could have been a lot worse. He yeah. didn't hit any walls. And, again, anything. I think that was also Lando just being so frustrated with that DRS train. Like, he was oh, stuck yeah. behind it for literally from his pit stop. Yeah. Mm. And in his pit stop, he, even, I'm pretty sure, it was a little bit slow than what they were used to this year. And then, like, that just caused that whole yeah. – I feel like that whole chain of events kind of ended up happening. But, again, great helmet. Yeah, <laughs> cool helmets for sure this weekend. They don't always produce uh, the racing. I mean, Guan Yu race helmet, he didn't even get to wear it more than one lap, poor guy. So, um, yeah, so all in all, like, kind of a drama-sucked race. Like, it didn't really have a lot of drama in it. It was kind of sucked out in all aspects. But uh, a really cool spectacle of a weekend. I think that's uh, how I would sum it up. Like, the race itself is probably, like, another, like, two-star race for me. But uh, the, the spectacle was really cool. Yeah, and just to, like, kind of – emphasize how the the spectacle was there all weekend like we had a 
like you said, a two-star out of five race, but that didn't stop them from pulling out all the stops for the uh, podium ceremony. We <laughs> saw the drivers putting on football-style helmets. That's American football for all our uh, European listeners. Yeah. Um, hand egg, I, I think <laughs> Europeans like to call it. Hand egg. Yeah, but uh, yeah, putting on those helmets for the podium ceremony, and then Max getting like this motorcycle Miami PD escort down the tunnel through Hard Rock Stadium onto the podium, which a lot of people, uh, based on the comments, thought were thought was really cringy but i'm like whatever you know there, you could you could probably call a lot of stuff from this weekend cringy but it's yeah it's like you said it's the spectacle well they had um, like Shaq bring the trophy yeah, in for yeah. last year's texas yeah one, i so. won't even get into the post-race interviews that we can just ignore that was together. weird yeah, that was a bit weird just, but i hope they put on hockey gear when they're in canada oh yeah <laughs> i hope they put on like a I pair hope of they skates. don't and keep it like an f1 race because that was cringy as shit as long as we're not they bring there. a zamboni in for the trophy yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, how they get with up that, to the just finished this year uh uh, Lance Troll will keep his Habs fandom to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's showing it. Yeah, well, Latifi's at least from Toronto, I think. But no, he's anyways. from Montreal. I think. No, he's oh, in yeah. Toronto. Oh, anyways, I think it, maybe because he raced in Montreal, they put yeah. his. For, I'm pretty sure on F1 they put he's from Montreal, like on their website. I think he's actually like both kind of moved around. Anyways, yeah, we'll save that for when we actually get into that race. But um, to cap off the Miami the good thing is is all some of the fans that are like strictly their fans like that's not gonna be us so if all of them are like early they're waiting to see those two we'll be able to maybe see yeah, the other yeah. guys so yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah so it's gonna be exciting but yeah no for sure but yeah like we said to cap it off for the miami weekend the spectacle was all there we wish we could have got a better race but like we talked about at the beginning of the episode we have nine more years of this so um hopefully next year we'll see the drivers a little bit more comfortable with the circuit maybe some improvements to the circuit obviously in the first year you can't expect them to be perfect in any way um in every way i should say like we had uh obviously like a huge football stadium parking lot you're gonna have lots of yeah. dust gravel and apparently a lot of that was making its way onto the circuit so. yeah and you you also see like how um like power hungry excuse me power hungry this circuit is like yeah. it's like it doesn't matter how fast you were in the first two sectors because being that much faster in a straight line really won red bull this race so oh, yeah that's uh, pretty much like the way to sum it up i know like that's obviously a very dumbed down version but that's what some people that's what people are going to look for next season when they come to this track is like how can we maximize our our top end speed i feel like or else yeah. you're going to get stuck in drs trains if, or you're going to get stuck using drs merely to catch up to yeah. whoever's in front of you not yeah. pass the yeah. DRS deletion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Little little changes there, and hopefully more Carlos uh, shirtless in the cool down room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> James, we know how you really feel. Oh. That's, what, yeah. that's what James watches the F one for. Is <laughs> gonna try and get that picture signed. He he was the one that people Adam and uh, emailing F one TV to bring back the cool down room because yeah. he really wanted to see. He wants to see the boy next door Yuki Sonoda in there someday. <laughs> You want to see the boy next door on a different website? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so next no, I'm on a list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little. You're like a. You got like a Chinese hitman coming your way, but oh, yeah. or Japanese, I guess. Um, that's terribly racist. Um, so to be, uh, this this next round, next yeah. double header, boys. We are going to Barcelona and then Monaco. So yeah. home race for your boy Carlos. Yeah. So hopefully he and can get Charles. a dub. Yeah, a couple of Ferrari back-to-back home races, yeah. actually. I, I did call Monza Carlos. Reminder, friendly reminder. Oh, yeah. I called Carlos's first dub of his career. It is on tape if you want to go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, Barcelona, though, I mean, if he got it there, I wouldn't be mad either. So mm-hmm. it would be cool to get him a uh, race at home. Uh, Alonso needs to step up, so maybe he'll do that at home as well. So we'll see you guys in Barcelona. Vamos. Vamos.